Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We have open lines this afternoon, and I invite you to give us a call. Call while the lines are open because they do fill up. So whether you're on the East Coast or you're down South or you're here in Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, give me a call. Listening online, we've been getting a lot of connections online from people all over the country, even around the world. So welcome. Um, I noticed the uptick on our podcast as well. And so just a lot of neat things happening and we're grateful to be a part of it. And I've got a couple new things I want to announce to you and or let you know and and. Uh, try to remember to do it the second half of the show too. Uh, one is, is that we begin a brand new book study tonight at Calvary Church. It's We're going to be studying verse by verse through the book of Daniel. And it's been many, many years since we studied through the book of Daniel as a church. And so I'm excited to go through the book of Daniel with a brand new group of men and women, almost you know, a, a fresh new look at Daniel. Uh, it's not only a dynamic book of prophecy, and we're going to be looking at some really cool prophecies but it's also a book of purpose, uh, a man of integrity. And so we're going to be, be able to weave together through a study in the book of Daniel uh, a lot of insights on today's you know, modern day issues as it relates prophetically. Uh, and uh, because we do believe in a literal interpretation of the scriptures and a literal perspective of prophecy. Uh, so we're going to go through and uh, you know, Daniel chapter 9 is so pivotal when it comes to the coming of Jesus Christ, the first coming, it's so cool. And and of course, Daniel's life, a man of purpose. And uh, you remember not too long ago, a man, uh, Pastor Rick Warren wrote a book, The Purpose Driven Life. And and part of the, the concept of his book was to recognize the purpose that God has for us. But even greater than, than that book, you know, it's a bestseller. I mean, God has transformed so many lives through his word and that discipleship book that even greater is that purpose that Daniel gives to us. And so very excited about uh, starting again of this particular study and just growing in the grace of God together. So that's tonight, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, we gather at Calvary Church in Aurora. Uh, We're on the corner of Hampton and Tower, basically one block east because the corner of Hampton and Tower is Starbucks and Safeway and movie tavern. We're actually one block. We're right next to the Safeway. So if you made it to the Safeway, we're right next door. And we gather at seven o'clock. Uh, we're doing massive construction, uh, a real big remodeling uh, project downstairs. So our cafe is not uh, open and we're not serving food. And uh, when the cat, the coffee place, the coffee part isn't open. It's just a mess down there. Uh, you know, it's all cleaned up for, for worship, but we've got children's ministry. Um, you can bring food because there is a section where our tables are are still set up and the TVs are there, and you can bring your own food and eat before service if you're on your way. 
Uh, we're looking forward to, we were hoping that all of our construction would be done by Easter, but it just didn't happen. It was just too much work. Uh, and it, and we got a late start on it. But man, when it is done, uh, we're going to have so much more room downstairs. We have a new welcome area. Uh, we're going to have a brand new third wave cafe down there. Um, you know, brand new coffee machine, espresso, uh, Sonder coffee and Ernest and Julia have been a tremendous help to us. And you guys need to visit Sonder uh, Coffee. They're in Aurora and just look, just Google them S O N D E R. Um, some of the best coffee in town. Uh, they do their own roasting. As a matter of fact, I had a bag of coffee this morning and, uh, and I roast, you know, I made my own drink before I came in on my special machine. Unbelievably good. Um, but a shout out to them because they've been a great help. Um, and, and so we are revamping. You know, everything in our cafe, it's going to be so cool um, and very encouraged. So that's happening, Daniel, tonight, 7 p.m. And then we're going to be launching, I'm personally going to be launching a brand new podcast here pretty soon. We're calling it Lead to Serve, and it's a a ministry-related podcast where I'm going to talk about things related to ministry, uh, related to serving. Uh, I'm going to encourage, it's it's sort of like uh, we're still developing we're still developing the the laser focus, but it's sort of like our school ministry, but it'll be in a podcast. And, you know, the first few episodes I'll be introducing and starting, but I look forward to interviewing, talking to people, um, asking the Lord to give us wisdom and insight on, on various aspects of ministry, both as a volunteer, as a staff person, as a pastor, as a lay leader, a pastor's wife, um, on and on. I, you, you guys that know me, know that I have a heart to equip the saints. I have a heart to share some of the things that we've learned. Like, for example, I was just sharing with a friend of mine in New York today on the phone about something that we do after every big event. Um, And it's nothing new. I didn't invent it, but I brought it with me um, from my time working in the corporate world. But we did a a modified SWOT analysis of our Easter services Um, as soon as possible. For us, it was the Wednesday, you know, Easter was this couple days ago, so we did it today, this morning in our staff meeting, and we spent a good, man, I would say three, two and a half hours looking at four things uh, as it relates to serving people on Easter. Number one, we looked at strengths, what, what, what went well. Secondly, we looked at weaknesses, what mistakes did we make, um, and what, did, what didn't go well, you know, what can we do better next time, which leads you to the O opportunities what what can we do better next time and what could we do differently next time and then finally we looked at the threats and that that simply means was there anything that happened that absolutely can never happen again like was there anything that um whether it be security or just uh the practical part of things and and so as a team we walk through that. And I think I was sharing with my friend, I'm, I was like, you know, you really should do that. And he goes, well, you know, our, we're, we're not big enough to do that yet. And I said, it's not a matter of size. It, it's a matter of of you, just your key leaders, it, it just volunteers or, um, you know, it, it's not a size thing. Every church should be doing this. Um, every church should be looking at their, um, you know, looking at their, um, their the, how they do ministry and just saying yes, applaud. You know, one of the things, like for example, in the strengths, one of the things we want to do is express appreciation and applaud. And one of the things that we identified was the amazing outpouring of ministry and service to our faithful volunteers. Un 
unbelievable how faithful they were and what God did in their lives uh, through them. And we were so grateful, um, so grateful. It was it was amazing. Uh, and that's something you want to identify and acknowledge, and you want to make sure that you express appreciation and and really thank and 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 even then identify your particular areas of leadership and 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 look for specific things, uh, specific things that you can appreciate and thank those that serve with you. Just those kind of things. So the podcast is going to be a lot of that. Uh, we're going to talk about ministry. We're going to talk about how serving. We're going to talk about how, about how to be a better employee. We're going to talk about what it means to lead and serve uh, in light of the scriptures. So really cool stuff. Um, and we're going to be launching that here very soon. Um, so give me a call. 303 303 And right away, we got a call from New Jersey. Let's go to line one. Is Kathy... Kathy, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Pastor, for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, the reason I'm actually calling for prayer request for my okay. daughter. Yes. Um, she's she's really struggling. She had um, she went through a divorce and she had a major car accident and is in a lot of pain. Um, has arthritis since she was a, a young girl, so she's in a lot of pain from that and then from the accident. And uh, she's kind of in, in a depression and just feeling so lost. And uh, and I, I just, I'm there and I just, I pray all the time, but I just thought I would sure. call in and get additional prayer. Okay, is she is she a believer? Is. I was a little nervous for a while because the field that she's in is so far to the left yes. that um, she was kind of swaying that way. But um, just more recently, she did say, because they, they were brought up in the church, in the Catholic yes. Church. Okay. And um, then I, I transferred over to the Christian Church. Sure. And um, they, she, she actually was saved again, was born again in the Christian church and rebaptized. Um, so well, she does, I believe now, from what she told me recently, she she does. Well, and I, I, I asked that question for a couple reasons. It, you know, because the answer is yes, then I, I want to validate that it is possible for a born-again believer to be discouraged, bummed out, even depressed. Uh, and, and I think that's important for people to hear that... Um, the reality of living in living life in this world uh, can can also be a heavy burden that that takes a takes us a, a sister down. Um, and of course, if if she said um, if she said no, uh, you know, if, or if you would have said no, and she's not a believer, then you know we would pray for that in her life because the good news about a, a believer that deals with depression uh, is that God is the God of all comfort. And, and he's, he comes alongside and, and encourages us and strengthens us and gives us perspective. I was even meditating on this verse, and you, I, let me find it for you. Um, it would be good for you to um, share with her. Um, is she willing to talk with anyone about it? Um, well, she, she actually is in the field of, um, of therapy. And uh, that field, like I said, is, is very far left. And um, she's uh, she's not open to a lot 
in that respect because they do feel their training and their their approaches are a little more um, sound, it seems. So... so I, I did I hear you say she's in the realm of Pharisee? No, no, no. Did, she's she's in the field of therapy. Therapy, gotcha. She, I'm sorry, I missed I missed that one word. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a big difference. Um, yeah, no. She's in uh, she's in the psychology uh, field. Okay. She's she's a therapist. Okay. And, uh, and you know they they do tend to um, believe yeah. in more. You know. I, in more yes. of that type of therapy than in relying on faith. Which is unfortunate because I think that there's some yeah. great, um, there's some positive things about the realm of psychology in the sense that they're able to find and identify uh, very uh, patterns and difficulties in people's lives. But but the solutions, um, how careful we need to be on how, on what solutions that we offer and you know, it could be a prideful thing, too, because of, of the realm that she's in that, you know, if she told anybody she was um, discouraged like that or depressed as a therapist herself, like they might, um, it would open up a whole different can of worms. So now she's kind of in a tough spot. Um, however, if you email me, um, I will I will send you a link of a really good resource that you can purchase for her and give to her as a gift. Um, it is, it is from the, uh, it's because after my son passed away, discouragement and depression became uh, an unfortunate, yeah, I'm sorry. It was six years ago and, and, um, very difficult situation. And, and, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know how it would affect me. And the big thing that affected me was just discouragement. You know, I miss my boy and grief just wrecked me. And so I started reading as much as I could on the topic of discouragement, depression, grief. And I came across a resource, actually two resources that are gold and have helped me, um, in amazing ways. And I know that, that even though she may not ask for help, I'm sure she'll listen to her mom and, um, Sometimes. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but it, it's called, it's a book entitled Depression, Looking Up from a Stubborn Darkness. And it is from a, uh, the associate, I think it's the associated group of uh, Christian counselors. And uh, let's see. Uh, no, it's the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. And it's powerful. And he doesn't, you know, he's kind. But because you're reading a book, you know, he also doesn't pull any punches because one of the things about depression uh, it, that that we have to be careful of is it becomes very self-centered. And you begin yeah. you begin to not just be sad anymore, but you begin to um you begin to start wallowing in self-pity. And and it's just a mess. But the good news is that God can deliver you and strengthen yeah. you and help you live day by day. And so uh, if you email me, I'll send you the links. Okay. And what was the title of that book again? It's called Depression. If you just put the word depression in, the author's name is Welch, W-E-L-C-H. Welch. Okay. And and, and your email, Pastor? It's Pastor Ed, P-A-S-T-O-R-E-D, at... Calvary 
C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, dot org. Aurora.org. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, I appreciate that very much. And you know, it's something that you also could read so that it would equip you for the times that she does talk to you or listen to you, that you'll be a little better equipped to kind of understand what she's thinking, what she's feeling, uh, and some of the solutions that the author uh, offers from the Word of God. Because, you know, the answer is uh, an abiding relationship with God. And I, I think it would be good for anyone that's dealing with someone in their life that's depressed and discouraged to gain a little bit of understanding. Because, you know, some people that don't deal with depression don't understand people that do. Yes. And and it's just normal. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's just like, you know, you might look at a situation and go, Well, how on the that that would never make me that sad. And it's true right. because God made you differently. Yes. And and I know sometimes I I am that way because I guess because of leaning on faith more and more in my life as I got older. Yes. Yep. It things didn't get me to that point. Yeah. And Which is we're grateful for that, aren't we? Yes, very. <laughs> well, let's pray and um, pray for your precious daughter. Thank you so uh, much. Father, we, we, are, we are grateful, God, that we can come to you with every need and every situation. And just thinking how all of us were born with broken brains and uh, you know sin-touched bodies, and some more than others. And so I pray for this precious young lady, Lord, that is dealing with depression and is even in a realm of therapy and psychology that makes it even harder for her to admit it. Um, but as she's helping others, God, I pray that you would use what she's helping others with for herself and that she would come to a place of uh, um, that he would uh, or that she would yield to you, Lord, and and trust you to comfort her and encourage her and strengthen her, Lord. Um, so help her, God, and be with her mom as she loves her daughter and wants to help her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Ed, thank you so much. You're welcome, and I look forward to uh, to the note that you send me, and I have these, um, these recommendations already linked up, and all I need to do is copy and paste it, and I'll send it right back to you. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm in the car now, so I won't be able huh? to do it until I get home, but... I appreciate no it. Okay, Thank thanks. Thank you. Have a nice All right. night. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, you know, it is a, it's, it's a tough, it's tough. Um, it's, it's hard to, to be discouraged. Um, and I pray for you guys that are. It's not easy. I was talking again uh, to a friend of mine today uh, who... Um, we recently, um, Calvary Chapel puts out a magazine uh, called Calvary Chapel Magazine, and it's a it's a great resource to um, highlight different ministries of our fellowship family. You know, Calvary Chapel is a family of churches and doing things all over the world, and this is a great pictorial way of showing uh, different mission trips, different pastors and ministries, and and it always encourages me. I love reading it. And so in this latest edition, it's a 20-year anniversary, um, I received a phone call from the publisher asking if they could interview me related to the loss of our son, Eddie. And, you know, my default answer is always yes. Um, it isn't even something I need to pray about. God is 
wants me to 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 share my story to to help others. He wants me to share more of our story of even some of the personal struggles that have on been ongoing uh, since the death of our son. It wasn't you know if it, grief wasn't enough, um, the difficulty and drama that surrounds that is something we carry every day. And so the truth when the truth comes out, the truth sets you free. You know. And I love it. I love the the power and the strength that God gives in telling the truth about situations. And and so when they they interviewed me, I I shared what whatever her questions were. Uh, they do such a great job on the interview. And and it was you know how does how do you deal with grief? I was not the only one interviewed. There was also another pastor um, who I uh, actually connected with, Justin Alfred, who also lost a daughter. And you know I even met with a brother yesterday, Robert, that we were meeting on a completely different topic. Uh, yesterday, but it, I found out from him that he lost two siblings, um, and just you know that we carry these things, and and we just learn to take the next step. Well, my I was talking to another friend today, and he wanted to express appreciation because of the article because it ministered to him, and I said thank you, but it, it ministered to him in an interesting way because he's still um, having difficulty processing what happened at nine eleven. Um, it's hard, you know, all the things that he, um, had to endure and the, the position that he had where he was that day, he was on duty that day and he lost loved ones. It was, it's been hard and I'm sure you listening in have hard things in your life. And I know that I know that God is real. He is faithful. He is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation um, you, you're not a bad person for feeling this way. You're not a bad Christian for feeling the way you do. Uh, you're you're not a bad person. God is not disappointed in you. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the Bible seems to indicate the exact opposite, that not only is God not disappointed with you, he's attracted to you and he draws near to you because it's in brokenness and a contrite spirit that God receives more than sacri- more than any of the sacrifices that we do. Um, so um, I want to affirm, you know, what you're feeling is normal. Uh, and I'm sorry that you're going through it. I wish, I mean, I sometimes, you know, I say, I wish I could take it, take some of the pressure off of you, but like I got enough pressure. I don't think I could handle it. Um, but I am waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ. I am looking forward to heaven. I am looking for for every injustice to be made right. I am look looking forward to being reunited with my loved ones. I am looking forward to righteousness even here on earth. I mean, I I want heaven, but I'd like things to be made right here on earth. It, it, God can do it, and I believe Him. Um, and so, um, you know, the Lord is our strength. And and if you want if you want recommendations on these books, email me. Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org and just say, hey, what are those resources on depression? And I'll answer you because I have them. I use them so often that they, I already have the Amazon link. And when it will open up our bookstore, we will have them in our bookstore. Um, even we, we remodeled downstairs. Our bookstore is going to be smaller, but we're going to have focused resources uh, instead of the big store that we used to have. So 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to pick up with... Uh, Ella in Denver. Ella, welcome to the program. Hi. So I was just calling to see what your, I guess, advice or wisdom is 
with alcohol as it as at weddings because we're getting okay. married in August and yes. we have we're we're believers. My yes. I was raised belie- uh, in a believing family. He was not. Okay. My family is very anti alcohol at all. <laughs> okay. And his family is it's very culturally normal for his family and it would be okay. odd for us to not. So we're kind of in between. Well, this is a great this is a great opportunity for you and your future husband to to really diligently pray together and make a decision together. And and so in light of both families, remember when you get married, you are going to create a new family, right? You're going to become one. Mm-hmm. And you're you guys are going to both leave your mother and father and cling to one another. And so the real question is, what what is it that you would do as your family for your guests at your wedding? Mm-hmm. And are you guys younger or older? Well, I'm 22. He's 26. Okay, so you're on the younger sphere. Um, mm-hmm. So you're you're closer to being at home than you are. Like you haven't been out of the house for 10 years, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so you still have really tight relationships, and you guys want to maintain those tight relationships mm-hmm. but the question really comes down to uh, for me and my husband my future husband my fiance at the time what is it that we want to communicate at the party of our wedding because mm-hmm. it, it this is not their day this is your day okay. and they're a big part um, of it of course Go yeah <laughs> absolutely a follow-up question with that is um i guess it, that pretty much answers what I was asking, but um, an additional okay. question is when Jesus, you know, his first miracle turning water into wine at the wedding, Yes. how, because my mom, my mom is great, but she seems to believe that that wasn't alcohol, that that was, wine, uh, that it was juice, so we can't compare it to that. What would you say to that? Well, it definitely was alcohol in some form. So both, so actually, both of those are accurate. the mm. the The water that was drank in that time uh, was mixed with a portion of wine. I forget the portion. You know, I know it was six parts mm-hmm. water, one part wine, because there was no antiseptic. There was no way to purify the water. So oftentimes, wine did refer to water that was purified by wine. Uh, it wasn't grape juice as we know it necessarily, like Welch's or anything. It was mm-hmm. it was watered down wine that that really didn't have a tremendous um, uh, alcohol content. Um, but mm-hmm. when Jesus made wine, the Bible was clear that it was better, uh, and it was it was it was the it, obviously it was the best when it came mm-hmm. to wine. And I believe it's pretty clear that that was real alcoholic wine that Jesus did. However, be, you you noticed that that was that was something that someone else's wine. Uh, I mean, excuse me, someone else's wedding. It was someone else's mm-hmm. celebration. And in in um, Hebrew culture even to this day, having wine at Shabbat, having wine at a wedding is not unusual. Now, of course, the 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 level of drunkenness is is avoided um and and the the reality of, see, for me, having wine at, being at a wedding with wine is no big deal for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can just say no to it. I don't have to drink it myself. Um, but when it's my decision, like it, when it's, so if it was my wedding, I wouldn't want to provide it to anybody. 
I wouldn't want to buy it mm. for anybody. I wouldn't want to provide it for anyone because I don't want to participate in other people's sins. Mm-hmm. And and so the question would come back and say, well, Ed, you know, Jesus made wine at a wedding. And I said, yeah, he, he joined in the festivities. Um, he gave them what they wanted and what they ran out of. Um, I, he didn't, he, for some, how, somehow Jesus was able to stay out of the sinfulness of the whole day uh, and still bless them. And, mm-hmm. and so the, the, it, it, he doesn't, it's never recorded that it's ever happened again. Um, but be, because I'm up against a break, I want you to stay mm-hmm. uh, on hold and let's pick this up on oh. the other side because I, I, I want to talk it through so that you and your husband, your fiance can really pray it through. So okay, hang you. on, you hear the music? Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about a great question. Uh, how, how do we navigate with our liberties? I was just looking at that in First Corinthians. So it's a great question. And um, we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live. And we're taking your calls live, having a great... So far, I've only had a couple of discussions, but they've been really, really good. If you want to join in, 303-690-3000, or I forgot to mention, because I don't see any coming in, but text me directly, 720-336-0897, and you can text uh, coming in. Uh, We have full lines right now, but uh, we will... Um, if we need to, we'll go to the to the calls or, or to the text. So uh, right now we're on the phone with Ella. Ella, welcome back. Hey. So just to catch everyone up, right before the break, we had a question about an upcoming wedding. Uh, on one side of the family, there is a uh, a stricter view of alcohol uh, and a, a desire to avoid it completely. And on the other side of the marital family is more of a cultural. Uh, don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, and uh, so that has led to a, a decision um, that needs to be made from a young woman and her fiance that uh, what decision will we make? Will we, will we or will we not have alcohol at our wedding? Um, and so we, we, we talked about that. You know, the Bible, so, so the Bible does not forbid the drinking of alcohol. Nowhere. It doesn't forbid it. It is not sinful to drink alcohol. Uh, the prohibition when it comes to alcohol is drunkenness. And that's a pretty subjective prohibition, right? Because people define drunkenness different. Um, you know, even in our own culture, in some states, 0.08 is drunk driving. In other states, 0.06, 0.10, you know, even all of that. Mm-hmm. And and there are different differing views and differing personal convictions. Um, I I I have a personal conviction of no alcohol, and the reason is is because it wrecked my life. You know, I didn't get saved till I was twenty three, and it it destroyed my life. Um, that combined with drug use, um, my personality was was such that it just wrecked my life. And so when I got saved, I stay completely away from it because I don't want to go back to something that wrecked my life. Um, however, you know, I can go to Chili's and walk by the bar. It doesn't tempt me. 
I could, if there was wine at your wedding, I could, um, I could be there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't tempt me. Um, it, it wouldn't have any effect on me whatsoever. Uh, and so the question that then was led to um, an interpretation of John chapter two, um, you know, when you read John chapter two, um, the, it says, you know, whether that was real wine or not, we have to let the text talk to, talk to us, right? And it says um, in verse 10, he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when the guests have drunk, well drunk, then the inferior, but you've kept the good wine until now. And so that tells me that the wine that Jesus made was better than the best that the master had. Uh, and and it is true, water was mixed with wine. We talked about that. Um, two part, and so I looked it up. Um, most people say it was two parts wine, three parts water. Um, but at this at this wedding, it's clear that this was real wine and that the people there became really drunk. Um, that's true. And that real wine was made for the party guests. And and so what we learn from this, you know, because the unfortunately the focus of this particular miracle is on the wine, but it's actually not the focus of the miracle. You know, the real focus of this text is uh is the symbolism of Jewish rituals and God and God sending Jesus to usher in uh, a new covenant. That's really the whole point is the new covenant. Wine is often associated with the new covenant. You know, new wine skins, new wine. Remember that illustration? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes symbolic. And so, what do we do with, you know, how do we how do we um, answer that? You know, you're probably not going to be able to talk your mom out of her convictions, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't want to. You know, you want her exactly. to be able to hold to her convictions. But the the question is, what is it? What do you and your husband want to do? Or, you know, not husband, excuse me, your fiance. What mm-hmm. message, how are you going to raise your kids? How are you going to raise your family? How How are you, what do you want to participate in? What do you want to pay for? Um, what What is it that you, if you were my daughter, like if you were my daughter, I'd say just provide an alternative. And people that want to drink can drink before they come or they can bring their own. You know, they can, mm-hmm. if it's that big a deal to them, um, then so be it. But like, you know, you can provide a lot of different op- op- options of drinks mm-hmm. that are available there. Um, and if, so, if, you know, if you're, if that's your, if, because that's the home you were raised in, if that's a challenge for your fiance, then ask him why mm-hmm. and have that hard discussion together and pray and come to the decision that you both can live with for the, and and you got you guys are in a dilemma, and the dilemma is this: no matter how you make the decision, you're going to face difficulty. Mm-hmm. And this is the rest of your life. You're going to you guys are going to make decisions for your family that not everyone will agree with. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you do? You have to make your decisions as unto the Lord. Can you can you personally? Can Ella personally? Buy, purchase alcohol, provide it to your wedding guests, and have a clean conscience. Not because of mom mm-hmm. and dad, mm-hmm. but be- you personally in your personal walk with the Lord. You don't have to answer that now. I'm just you mm-hmm. and your husband have to, or your fiance have to talk through this, and and because it doesn't matter. It sounds like it doesn't matter which way you go. Someone's going to be offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if you if you guys really approach it spiritually, 
you know, and this is, I don't know how you guys are doing premarital, but we spent a whole session in our premarital talking about ministering to in-laws um, and, and recognizing in-laws and recognizing that you're marrying your in-laws and how to, how to help navigate um, relationships, you know, being able to make your own decisions, but not sever relationships. Mm -hmm. um, but, but sometimes, sometimes that, that's what you have to do. I remember having to talk to my son and saying, you know, you have to disciple your wife, son. You need to disciple her in the ways of the Lord so that she listens to the Lord and not her parents. Hmm. And that's just an important, that's an important decision in any marriage, because if you really are leaving and cleaving, you know, the parents no longer have the same voice in your life. Your, your husband will now have that voice in your life. Hmm. But they'll still be your parents. You'll love them and enjoy them, but um, mm -hmm. you have a different relationship with them now. And and another part that we that, that I try when I do premarital is to teach in-laws, to teach the parents. You know, when, when my oldest son got married, we just felt like we had a responsibility to help my son leave and cleave and not to be always, um, uh, you know, get involved in their business and, and um, you know, let them be married. And encourage him to mm -hmm. seek the Lord for those decisions. And that, that would be the counsel I give to you, that if you guys seek the Lord and you come to a mutual decision, then no matter what people feel about it, you're going to be able to stand before the Lord with your husband after you say, I do, and say, but we sought the Lord, we prayed, and this is the answer we came to. Awesome. I really appreciate it. That's very uh, insightful. Well, welcome to being married soon. <laughs> you know, it's Thanks. it's not easy. You know, it's no. it's not the Pinterest and the Instagram version of all the beautiful pictures I'm sure you guys are taking and all the the neat um, beach scene, um, you know, uh, engagement pictures. Those that's the fun part of marriage. But what you're de you're dealing with right now is the real part of marriage, um, mm -hmm. and and it it is real because you'll have to make decisions on when you guys have children or if you have children and where you're going to live and all those things and that you're just making decisions as a married couple and. And you want to make them where you and your future husband are in unity together. Because without that unity, you guys won't have very good relationships with your parents. Um, you have to be one um, and respectful. And, you know, and the best way to be respectful to your parents is to seek the Lord. Mm -hmm. All so right. Can I well, pray thank for you? you for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Can I pray for you? Because I know it's challenging. Absolutely. Father, I pray for Ella and her fiance and this uh, interesting question. Um, I recognize, you know, even in my own as, an, as a dad, that the culture that we're in is very different. And even families are very different. And uh, their, their values, even biblically, are very different. And so we, we pray. I pray for Ella. Uh, I pray that you give her wisdom and a peace uh, that passes all understanding. Uh, that she would make a decision as unto the Lord, and then everyone can accept that decision. Even if they disagree with it, they can accept that decision without offense and let Ella and her fiancé enjoy the most, one of the most glorious days of their lives. And, and so, God, I, I, even, in this, even sometimes in these views that we have with Jesus making wine and, and, um, and how it's not as clear-cut as it, people might think it is, like it's... It is a challenging passage of scripture that uh, challenges our cultural mindsets. And so help us, God, to yield ourselves to the freedoms that you give to us in the scriptures without um, compromising our convictions. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, after you get, when are you getting married? August. Okay, so after you get married, after you guys make a decision, after you guys get back from your honeymoon, if you would, call us back and tell us what you did and how it okay. went. Absolutely. All right? That'd be fun. Okay, Thanks, Ella. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. You know, these are real, um, these are real heavy uh, decisions that need to be made. And, um, but it's also a great first step for a engaged couple to pray, to seek God's wisdom, not to try to appease people. If you try to appease people, you will never be successful. But you know, when your ways please the Lord, like when you seek to please people, it will only lead to frustration. But when you seek to please the Lord, the Bible says when your ways please the Lord, he makes even your enemies be at peace. And so our life, just making biblical decisions based upon your personal convictions is the way to go. And learning how to agree to disagree without destroying each other. That's so important. And like I said with um, you know, in-laws, you, you guys that are in-laws, you parents, that are in-laws, it, it is not good for you to meddle in the business of your children. It's not good for you to, what do they call that? The helicopter parent, where you're just always up in their business, you're controlling and manipulating them, uh, making them feel guilty, uh, You know, just using the relationship that God has given you to have influence in your kids' lives, but still treating them like your daughter or like your son when they lived with you and weren't married. You've got to help them cling to their husband and get out of the way and get out of their business um, because you can give bad advice. You can give bad counsel instead of just saying, seek the Lord, seek the Lord. That's the best counsel you can give. And then pray with them and pray for them and let them make their own decisions as unto the Lord. That's what we're, our responsibility as parents is to get our kids to the Lord and then after they are at the Lord, keep them there. And yeah, we have wisdom and counsel to give, but what's more important is they seek that on their own. Adam in Highlands Ranch, line three. Adam, thanks for waiting. You've been waiting patiently. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey. Um, I was just calling, calling today to see if you could elaborate on when it said in the book of Genesis that the Spirit of the Lord will not strive with men forever. Yes. Well, remember that the context is uh, prior to the flood. And so the spirit uh, striving with man is an, another way of, of describing the, the patience and long-suffering of God. You know, yeah. he was patiently waiting for repentance, patiently waiting, even, even sending, you know, conviction of their sin and sending messages of conviction, prophets of conviction— uh, and the reality of God, um, even though we don't know the timing of this, God knows the timing of his judgment. And what that particular phrase was referring to was the time of judgment through the flood. Um, but I think in a broader sense, there is also this same uh, spirit not striving with man today in this age mm-hmm. of grace, uh, where judgment is coming. It's it's not only coming, but it's you, we're, we get more information about the upcoming final judgment of God than Noah received um, in his day. And 
And so, you know, it's, uh, I had to find it real quick, Genesis chapter 6, the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, uh, for he indeed is flesh, and his days will be 120 years. Let me just see what it says in the New Living. Uh, sometimes they give a clear... Uh, mm-hmm. My spirit will not put up with humans <laughs> in the new living. Um, and let's see here. Nope, I don't. What's the NIV say? I like looking at different versions. The Lord said, "My spirit will not contend with man." So it really is a, it really is a description of God. And I like that phrase, "putting up." That God puts yeah. up with the sinfulness of man mm-hmm. in His patience when when man deserves judgment every moment of every waking day. Right? Anyone that's out anyone that is living outside of faith in Jesus Christ deserve judgment every single day. And the fact that he we uh, not we, the we that are born again, Jesus Christ took that judgment upon himself. But those mm-hmm. apart from Jesus, the reason they're not experiencing judgment is you could use that phrase, God is striving with man. He's sending his spirit of conviction. He's sending messengers. He's sending um, the good news of the gospel. He's sending pastors and preachers and on and on, um, striving with them, battling with them, drawing them to a place where they make... Nobody gets saved against their will. God doesn't save anyone that doesn't cooperate and obey, You know, confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And so you could describe that as striving. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like a dad with his kids, you know, uh, trying a uh, dad trying to convince his son to do something. He can't make the decision for them; they have to. And so sometimes it feels like it's striving. It's like a um, sometimes the Bible uses what's known as anthrom anthrom anthro- <laughs> So it's easy for you to say anthropomorphisms, um, which basically ascribes human. Um, actions and definitions to the actions of God, because that's the only way we can relate to them. Mm-hmm. That's how what I would say about Genesis six three. Okay, yeah, I was just calling because this um, this was the same Adam that kind of called you a few weeks back about you know coming out of being backslidden, and there was just something yes. that's been kind of weighing on my heart a lot lately, and I don't know if it's like the devil like trying to antagonize me like a little bit more about it being too late and yeah you know you'll you always have this tinge of regret um mm-hmm. you always have this battle of maybe i maybe i went too far um you know even part of the message that i shared on easter had to do with my own a segment of my own personal testimony that before i got saved i wrote myself off Man, I thought I was so far gone, and I'd made so many stupid mistakes that that I'm, I was just done. My life was already over. And sometimes believers feel that way when they backslide and do stupid things and just go back to a sinful life, that when they come back, they're like, well, maybe this isn't real. You know, Maybe I'm just pretending. Or, But that's not the case. God does receive the backslider. He does receive you back. But you're going to battle with, and what you're dealing with is the consequence of your bad decisions. Yes. It's just a consequence. It's it's another added it's another added battle in your life, but you're doing the right thing. You're asking the right questions. You're dismissing those things that are contrary, you know, thoughts, ideas that are contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says that God has compassion on you. That's what the Bible says that he receives the repentant. Mm-hmm. That that he loves you as a son. 
and he receives you in your broken state, in your broken condition. So keep asking the good questions. God's going to, he's going to continue to encourage you and, and they will get less and less. I promise you. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Okay, brother. God bless you, man. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. I mentioned in the first half of the program that uh, we're starting a brand new book of the Bible tonight at Calvary Church in Aurora. We're going to be studying the book of Daniel, and if you've never studied through a book from chapter 1, verse 1, start tonight. I know you do it on the radio, but like we're going to start. I haven't taught Daniel in so many years, so I get to teach it to a whole new group of people, fresh insights. It's a book of prophecy as well as personal integrity, a man of purpose, and so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to teaching prophecy. Of course, Daniel chapter 9 is one of the most pivotal chapters in all the Bible. So join us, uh, our midweek Bible study. You should be in a midweek Bible study, so come on out. Um, go to a Calvary local to you, no matter what state or city you're in, or come on out to, if you're in town here, come out to Calvary Aurora, especially if you're looking for a home church. Like, come on out. Uh, we'll, we meet Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our cafe's all tore up because we're, um, it's actually non-existent because we're remodeling all downstairs. Uh, so we don't have any food or anything, Just, but you can bring your own. Because there are the part of the cafe with the chairs and tables is still set up, and um, you can bring food. There's a Wendy's nearby. There's a pizza place. There's a wings place across the street. You know, there's plenty of places that you can bring food in uh, and have dinner before you go up for the for your kids in the sanctuary or in the children's ministry, and then come up to the sanctuary. Uh, but we'll be gathered together. We we sing together. We have communion together. We pray together. We study the Bible together every Wednesday night. So come on out, 7 p.m. All right, we're going to move on to Greeley. Greeley from Alana, or excuse me, Alana from Greeley is on line one. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Alana. What's going on? Not much. So you got a question from Greeley? Uh-huh. What is it? What's is, your question? Is Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is the creator? And yes. Create, and did he create himself in the in the womb? That's a great question. So let's let's answer that a couple different ways. Um, first of all, Jesus is eternal. Jesus, you know, God revealed Himself. Have you ever heard? First of all, Lana, what? How old are you? Oh, so at 12, at 12 years old, by now you have probably heard God revealing himself as a trinity. Have you ever heard the phrase trinity before? Uh-huh. So you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus Christ is known. He, he's, God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Distinct, He's distinct, uh, a distinct person that's always existed. So God is the uncreated one. And God the Father is uncreated, God the Son is uncreated, God the Holy Spirit is uncreated. So when you ask the question, did Jesus create himself in the womb of Mary? The answer is no, because he is uncreated. He is the eternal God. So that's question, that's the answer to question number one. So then 
when when we say what happened in the womb of Mary when Jesus took on a human body, you could say that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created that human body through the natural processes of Mary, but Jesus wasn't created. He was never created. All that he did was take on a human body, and he was born in the natural way inside of Mary, just like you were inside your mom's womb and like I was inside my mom's womb. So you're telling me that you're basically answering my question like I was like I was wondering. So he did he did have to create his human body. The human body was created in the womb like a natural through the natural processes of pregnancy. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye, Alana. That's a great question. Keep calling with them. Those are really good. See you later. 303-690-3000 is the number. And, and if you were listening, you know, I wanted to make sure we make that distinction because there's it. Jesus is different from his body. His body is the humanity. So Jesus was the only one ever forever in eternity to have two natures a human nature and a and his deity his god nature and his human nature came up, he came into and took on the form of a human in the womb of mary at a particular time but his as god he has never been created he is eternal. And there's a distinction there. And sometimes we really have to be careful in making those distinctions because when we answer questions of skeptics or unbelievers, which Alana wasn't, but um, when we answer those kind of questions, we need to help them understand uh, how the Bible relays that. So great, great question. Let's move on to Will in Thornton, Colorado. Will, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Hey, what's up, man? I, I'm addicted I ain't excessive, but it's just, I can't beat it. Like, I've prayed it. I've prayed about it. I go to a Calvary church. I'm Good. sitting there trying to, I read Bible daily now. Uh, I'm trying to get closer, and I feel I'm changing my heart. I just, I can't beat this addiction. Okay, um, in one word, what are you addicted to? Well, I just, it's a family show, so I just want to make sure. I, that's all I really want, I, just a family answer. Yeah, I would have to say it's not an easy answer. <laughs> if it's there, I would use it. Okay, well, I can appreciate the complications of an addicted life, and that when you assess it from your perspective, uh, it it's not an easy answer. But if you and, if you and I were to sit down, I'm certain not living in your shoes, I can make it easy for you to identify the area that you need to kill. You know, it's a part of your flesh. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that if your right hand causes you sin, cut it out. And I would suspect... I read that. <laughs> yeah, I would suspect, again, I, you know, we don't have a lot of time on the show, but I would suspect that there are areas of your life that are known 
that need to be cut out or cut off that you either are unwilling or you believe you cannot do that. And when you begin to cut out that which is causing you um, great harm, God meets you right there and empowers you along the way as a born-again believer to live in sobriety, to live in, you know, like the Bible says, not to be under the influence of alcohol or wine, but to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Like, that is that is available to you. Um, and and so, have you had this in-depth discussion with, uh, you know, with a, a brother uh, in your church? Yes, sir. And and so, it, it just it's a persisting thing. It's like it just doesn't go away, you know. Well, and sometimes there's nuances, you know, when it comes to um, when it comes to what what living in victory is to begin with, you know, um, because sometimes you know you're living in um, you're living in victory, but not even really uh, acknowledging that a day of victory is victory, you know, and a uh, a week of victory is victory, and and so because the show's coming up to the end, um, I just want to pray for you, and I would encourage you after this phone call to really go back to whoever's leading that group in your church, and let them walk you down the path, because you know the Lord can the Lord can give you victory. I'm living proof. I've been sober and and uh, walking in victory for 28 years because of the power of God, and. So thanks for calling, Will. You hear the music. Father, I pray for Will. Strengthen him and help him, as I know he wants to be in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys at 7 p.m. Calvary Church. Go to calvaryco.church. calvaryco.church for more information. Download our app. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.